Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. These playoffs, maybe the expectation shouldn't be a win, but we're in a good situation with your Brooklyn Nets, and I'm certainly happy about it. <laughs> in the chat, Alex Gonzalez writes, Mikhail Nicholas McPherson coming. Nah, uh, <laughs> my wife had the name for him before we even knew about Mikhail Bridges being the man in Brooklyn. I'll write the name in the chat. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about Mikael Bridges, man. Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man. He's played 83 games this season in a league full of guys that don't play uh, because they load manage or they don't care. In a league full of teams that tank and rest guys in the middle of the season. And we just saw this past weekend a lot of that. Mikael Bridges refuses to sit. He can't sit still. When he got traded here, the first thing that stood out about him to me was that he was uncomfortable watching that first game. I forget what game it was, but he was in Barkley Center and he was with Cam Johnson and he was just, you could tell he was like agitated. He was like antsy because his streak got broken or he thought potentially his streak would get broken. Alex, our producer, said it was the Bulls game. Yeah, I was actually at that Bulls game. Thought we were going to lose that Bulls game without uh, the Twins and they won it. But yeah. Bridges is an Ironman. He plays 83 games this season, obviously because of the trade. He got an extra game in there and uh, doesn't mess up his, his streak, doesn't mess up his Ironman status. If anything, it builds on it because it's an 82-game season. He played 83, and yesterday in the game, um, he checked in for four seconds to keep his streak of 392 consecutive NBA games played alive. And that is the longest active streak in the NBA. So, I mean, I think he is the brightest spot with this team. But when you think about this season, this season started off with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons as the big three in Brooklyn, right? We thought it was going to be 7, 11, 10. We thought it was going to be, okay, Kevin Durant requested a trade. He took that trade off the table, that trade request. He bought in. And uh, Kyrie is available, no vaccination stuff, no mandate. He should be good to go. And Ben Simmons, after a year, almost two years of not playing, we thought he would be good to go. And, and look what happened. You couldn't count on any of those three guys. KD, I'll try to excuse for injury, but like he was hurt every single season as a Brooklyn Net. You couldn't count on him. He, he got hurt again this year. Kyrie, we don't have to go back and forth about Kyrie. I think we've said enough about Kyrie. Everybody knows about why Kyrie wasn't available. And Ben Simmons, 
Ben Simmons is the one stain on uh, Sean Mark's resume for me because some of the other moves, you know, it is what it is. And, and I felt like he had to make the deal and trades that he did with Katie and Kyrie at the time. But, uh, you know, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, I knew was going to be a headache. I knew he wasn't going to play. I knew if it wasn't uh, mental health, physical health, his his game just wouldn't be there anyway after missing so much time. So as I'm reflecting and I'm looking at this season that was, it's funny how we started off this year thinking KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons would be the new big three in Brooklyn, and it ended up being Mikael Bridges, Nick Claxton, and Spencer Dinwiddie. But it's almost impressive that all, with all of that collapse and, and how far we theoretically, from a theoretical talent standpoint, have fallen, that the majority of Nets fans, now that we've lost all of the fans who have gone to the Mavericks, who have gone to the Suns, and good riddance to them, the majority of Nets fans are happy. The majority of the Nets fans are excited, are excited about this team, are excited about the direction that we're going in, and you can't, you can't beat that. You can't beat excitement around a franchise, not dread. And it's hard to say that we felt anything as Nets content creators, as Nets fans, as people watching the Nets, other than dread when you're talking about the Brooklyn Nets and the season that they were having prior to the trade deadline. You knew, you knew, and we could all feel it, that it was always one iota away, one step away from the Nets completely falling apart. And it turned out to be, as everyone thought it would be, Kyrie Irving making us fall apart. And you see where that got him. It got him to Cancun and Kevin Durant for as much as you don't want to blame him for injuries. He left too. And he never played, frankly. So now we have a situation where we have a whole team full of iron men and we have an exciting future. And one name that hasn't been mentioned yet, but fits within our big three is and fits firmly as a star is Nick Claxton. And Nick Claxton's development this season has been absolutely unreal. The jump that he has shown from last season to this season and the way that he has capitalized on all, genuinely, genuinely, genuinely and generally all of the momentum he had last season and all of the hype and everything that Nets fans were feeling about him last season, he's capitalized on it. We can see the defensive switchability. We can see the mobility. We see the shot blocking. We see the, his expanded ability to score. We see that he's scoring a little bit away from the basket now. And when you think about this team and you think about the successes that we've had, it's impossible to separate them from Nick Claxton, who has been here the whole time. He didn't go anywhere. He, he didn't come from somewhere else. He came from Georgia. He came from the top of the second round. He was a Sean Marks draft pick. And here we are now as Nets fans able to watch him and watch this team blossom around him and go to the playoffs largely on the back of his successes. And when he is now about to go up against, arguably, I don't necessarily agree with it, but arguably the MVP uh, in the NBA, and he's going to be matched up against him all game, it's going to be exciting and thrilling to see uh, how he does because that's really going to be his, his sink or swim moment. Everything for him is going to come down to that moment, whether he can show his chops, whether he can stay in the game, stay out of foul trouble against the MVP and you know, if if he can stay on the floor and he can make an impact against the MVP and show that he does have the 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 pedigree to be a defensive player of the year candidate, if not the winner, he's got a chance to make a statement and the Nets have a chance to do something in these playoffs. 
It's time. He said it himself. He had a post that said just simple as that. It's time. And I think any Nets fan understands what that means. It's time for him on the main stage to show the world who he is. What better opportunity does Nick Claxton have for the entire NBA world, for every fan that watches basketball, the first game coming up on Saturday at 1 o'clock, it's Claxton versus Embiid, the MVP. And Claxton, I think, feels a little more confident against Embiid just going off of playing this year. And I'm, I'm glad Ben Simmons isn't in, in the way because it would have been all Embiid versus Simmons. Simmons has got to stop Embiid. I listen to Nets fans tell me that all year in the beginning of the year. Oh, well, who's going to stop Giannis? Who's going to stop Embiid? It damn sure isn't going to be Ben Simmons. It would have to be one Nick Claxton, who I also saw a clip of Spencer Dinwiddie talking about, hey, I said he was the most you know, skilled player, the most important player, something like that on the team. I got to watch the new episode of The Bridge. I saw Nets Kingdom put that out. But yeah, as we're reflecting on this season, this was the season for young Clax. This was the season for Nick Claxton to step into his own. He chopped the, the, the locks off, right? We were calling him Goldilocks for two years. He chopped his hair completely off. He locked in. He worked on his free throw shooting after the way last season ended. He worked on his conditioning after the way last season started and ended. Nick Claxton took a big step forward as the starting five of this team. That's what we expected him to be last year against the Bucks, and clearly he wasn't ready. This season was Nick Claxton's best season in Brooklyn, and he's looking to put an exclamation point on it in the playoffs. We'll, we'll wait. We'll talk more about that. But I want to roll through just some of the titles of the episodes that we had here doing Talking Nets. And shout out to everyone in the chat. Big fan, Breezy, shout out to you, bro. I got all three of your voicemails. We can't play all three. We'll play the most recent one. But big fan, Breezy, in the chat says, I've been waiting for this show all week. Good to see you. And I, I already said, listen, I'm, I'm going to doctor's appointments two, three times a week with my pregnant wife. We are having our son this week. And uh, life has been crazy for me, obviously juggling my own professional career, podcast, family stuff, Easter yesterday. Like, it's just a lot going on. So I know we only did one episode last week. Uh, we should be able to hit you guys with some more stuff, and I'll see what I'm able to do, what I'm physically here to do. But let's go back, right? So we we came together to do this podcast, right, with Robin joining us, and obviously Hudson and I have been here, but we got Hudson to come back. And I think I was around 160-some episodes uh, limping through last season on my own for the most part. So we started this season, episode 165, we're back. By episode 168, Steve Nash was fired, and Ime Udoka was the topic of conversation amongst Nets fans. We were all in on Ime Udoka. We were sure that he would be the answer. But uh, <laughs> not long after that, you know, um, uh, Hebrews to Negroes on Amazon, that movie got a lot of attention. Uh, right after that, that, that movie skyrocketed on the charts. I have no idea why. But uh, with, with all that going on, we couldn't hire Ime Udoka to take over for your Brooklyn Nets. And, uh, you know, Kyrie gets suspended. So seven, episode 70, 171, Kyrie is suspended, and Nets start 1-1 one and one on the road. So here we go, just a, a quick five, six episodes into this season. 